G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. This week, we're previewing the French Grand Prix. With me is Andy. How are you, mate? I'm doing a lot better since, I mean, I've had COVID for the last few weeks. You were so sick. <laughs> it's been <laughs> fucked. I now understand when people are like, man, COVID sucks. I'm like, yeah, it fucking does. It's so strange how it gets people differently, right? Because we've got mates who are like, man, I, I sneezed once, I think. And you were straight up dying for like eight days. Yeah, and my missus had it as well, and she was fine. fine. Like, we were at a wedding when she was at her worst, and then we had to leave immediately when we found out she tested positive. Yep. And then, yeah, I was bedridden for like four days. Yeah. Not 100%. fun. Not fun. And you skipped a race, didn't you, too? You were pretty crook. I didn't skip it. I just, I had to watch it a bit later. Not ideal. I've still managed to... Keep away from it. I would, I would recommend keeping away from That's it. That's my plan. Well, if anyone who knows me listens to this, they know I don't do much. Oh, I don't <laughs> either. That's what pisses me off. <laughs> I sit at home 90% of the time and I still fucking got it. Yeah, because you went out that one time. Yeah, one <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> Let's do the news, man, because we've got a little bit of news today to talk about. Normally, every episode, I'm like, we don't got much to talk about. Talk about it for 40 minutes. i got a bit to talk about today. Well, we're going to try and keep it short. Start with the good one then, the good news. Take it away, son. What do you got for us? Danny Rick has confirmed he's staying with McLaren next year. I mean, it was never in doubt in my mind. It was never in doubt in my mind, but like I, I could see it potentially him being like, nah, fuck it, but I'm glad he's staying. Yeah, so Danny Rick's stable for next year. Next year may probably be his last year. We shall see. Yeah. And it it will be based on performance. Performance and McLaren's performance and Daniel Ricciardo's performance within McLaren. And I, I feel like there's been a turning at McLaren as well. It feels like that it's no longer a Lando team. It's a Danny and Lando team. It's looking better. Since Zach Brown came out and kind of was like, yo, that's been taken way out of context since they've gone. And Danny's come out in the media. And like he always does his bit for the team where he's like, look, no, it's not that bad. We're just not where we want to be. So it feels better. All the messaging coming out of it feels better. Yep. Told you. You smack Lando in the head once, everything got better. Yeah. Best thing I've ever seen. It was funny. Awesome stuff. I want to talk about some F2 drivers who have been confirmed to test or, ha- or who have recently done a test. Because we're getting to the midpoint of the season. We know there's going to be a we, driver shake-up at the end of the year. We, we were already past it. We were at, Last week was halfway. Really? Yes. Man, time goes way too quick. So, Alfa Romeo, Fred Vasseur, the team principals, come out and said, we are going to give Teo Porsche a chance in an FP1. Good. Brilliant. We all like Teo? Yep. Great kid. He's going to take Joe's seat. Probably. Yeah, he's the next candidate for it. Um, I mean, I'm still a Joe, more of a Joe supporter than you are. You're not a hater. I don't know when. I don't know at what track. I'm assuming, obviously, it's going to be one of the weekends that lines up with F2. I mean, it makes sense. So, I mean, safe assumption it's going to be a European-based race in the next Month or two, we'll see this kid in the car. Month well, or two of racing, not the mid-season break. Okay, go. okay. Because I was going to say, we've got two races before the ra- the break. Yeah, no. Next, like, when I say month, next month of race weekends. Okay. We'll probably see him in there. McLaren gave Jahan Derula a test recently. Yeah, Portimao. Portimao. They were super stoked with him. They come out and said, Lee, yep, we're going to give him another run in the car. Yep. I don't know a massive amount about Jahan Derula. I watch him race. He's always there. It's like there's a handful, there's always like eight or nine in F2 who are always better than everyone else and you just shake them up every week and you see who gets out on top. Yep. Jahan's always there. Yuri, 
was always there. He's still performing well. He's still in F2. So, you know, he's always in the mix. Teo's always in the mix. Uh, the Brazilian kid who I always forget his name, even though I Dragovic. remember like, Dragovic, Felipe, he's always in the mix. Duan's normally in the mix. Callan Williams occasionally. Liam Lawson's always in the mix. Like, it's a good group of kids that are, are doing well. So, Jahan's coming back for a second test. Colton Herder, not F2. He's a IndyCar driver for McLaren. Drove. No, he's an IndyCar driver for Andretti. I do this every time. Yep. Pato Award is, is the, the McLaren, McLaren driver. driver. Do you know what the worst part was? I felt so smart writing down McLaren India. I'm like, I've got it this time. You did. nailed it. I did not get it. fucked it again. So he is a driver for Andretti. Yep. Who, and he got pole on the weekend in Indy. Pato. No. Colton. 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 Yeah, so Colton did he's the had, test for McLaren. He's had a pretty mixed season over in IndyCar. Not an easy sport, man. We know how hard motorsport is. Yeah. So... That I mean, he was the biggest rumor to come in and like replace Ricardo. I don't think he's going to purely because he won't have a super license points. Yeah, and that that's the other aspect of the sport too. Is there's essentially you got to accrue enough super license points to qualify to even have the license to race an F one, and then you've also got to be over eighteen, thanks to Max. Thanks to Max, and it's not easy to get a super license. No, ever. and I don't know the official things, but there are certain categories you have to perform in for a certain amount of time. With a certain amount of results, it, it, it depends on your results per year. So the li- the license points last over three years, and you've got to build a max. You've got to build to forty in that three years, and I think for Colton Herder, he has to finish above tenth in IndyCar to even get close to it this year. Yep, and and you've also got to do like three hundred Ks or something in an F one car. Yeah, so clearly they're like, look, man, we're not closing the door on you. We're trying to get you an equal shot yeah. at coming into the sport because it would be nice to have a transfer across because F1 is that sport that transfers people out, rarely transfers people in. I really like him too. So we are we are getting to the point as Aussie fans that, and Danny knows too, that... We're going to become Piastri fans within the next three yeah, years. Yeah, because really Danny's, even if he could continue for as long as he wanted, he's in his mid-30s. Yep. So... At best, five, six years. Hmm. At current, two, One, two, maybe three. And that's okay. Like That's a pretty successful career and anyway. Tell you what. There's, there's not many people out there that can say they've won eight F1 races. Yeah, that's the thing. He's a race winner. He's, he's driven against some of the best and beaten them in equal machinery. Shout out, Nico. Hey, did you know he beat Lewis Hamilton in the equal machinery in 2016? Did he really? Yeah, I've... I, I heard about that over the weekend. And every other weekend I hear about Nico Rosberg. What a man. <laughs> Interesting fella. But yeah, like... Strong antibodies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of immunodeficient. Now get ready for immunosufficient. <laughs> Nico Rosberg. Just comes out just coughing and sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like eventually... Danny's going to move on from the sport. He'll probably do a grand tour in NASCAR for a year or two and just live it up. And then he will be one of the best media personalities for the sport we've ever seen. Oh, agreed. Like, it happens, man. We've watched him for years. So, yeah, Colton Hurd is looking good. And that's my little F2 driver chat. Those are the guys we know who are coming in testing or have recently done testing. And I believe Christian also confirmed that now that Yuri Vips is no longer a Red Bull driver, Liam Lawson has taken that reserve driver and will do an FP1 session at some point. Sweet, that's a win for the Anzacs. 
That's a win. <laughs> what? It's, hey. What would that mean? Imagine if it's Piastri and Lawson in the same FA1. That'd be unreal. Unreal. That'd be sweet. That'd be oh, that's like that's motorsport equivalent of Bledisloe Cup right there. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Based on the last conversation, I did not have it with you. I had it with Reese, though. We spoke about flares. Yep. Everyone's aware of what happened in Austria. People couldn't see, and even the drivers mentioned, yeah, turn seven. Bit misty. First couple of laps. Very long article on motorsport.com, and it went through. Reese and I were sort of supposing, well, there's got to be rules about this, right? Turns out there is. Classic F1. It's not the same rules everywhere. What a shock. <laughs> Shocked. So, I know this for a fact. Most tracks prohibit flares under the no firearms, bladed weapons, or smoke emitting devices ticket rule. That's yep. like a standard rule at every venue everywhere in the world. Australia and Imola are the two Grand Prix that specifically address the use of flares in their rules and prohibit them named. If you bring this device or this device or fully sectioned out, Classic Australia, rules for everything. They're fun police. Yep. I'm kind of okay with it, though, because when you watch the footage from some of the people in the stands, the first laps Can't and the last shit. laps are the best laps of the race. The middle bit, honestly, could skip it. We tried that with the sprint races, didn't fix it. Turns out you need the long, boring bits to make the exciting bits heaps mm-hmm. more exciting. But they couldn't see anything. I also know that Spa and Great Britain have banned specifically smoke-emitting canisters in the rule set. So they are banned everywhere. Australia and Imola are like... No, there's no getting around this. It's specifically these things. Great Britain and Spa have gone like, all right, we're not doing this anymore. Anything that pops out smoke, not allowed. The other tracks are just like, don't bring flares. But it was an interesting article because it did it did speak about... Did it say anything about specifically Austria and Zandvoort? Maybe. Maybe it did. <laughs> <laughs> there was only two coloured flares mentioned, red and orange. Because it also said about how awesome it looked with Charles standing on the podium watching the Tifosi covered in red smoke. And it does look like, it looks like gladiator shit. It looks awesome. But I also, if it's getting to the point where the driver's like, how's the race? It's like, yeah, good, man. That f- Turn seven, couldn't see a thing. That's too much. So I think my perfect solution is you bring flares, but you're only allowed to let them off after the race. No. There's no way that's working. I I very much love the shots with it, the smoke in the background. And it you looks see the so car. cool. It looks so it sick. It does look so cool. I know it's dangerous, but it's just too good of a look to get rid of. We've got the halo. Give us, Let us have the flares. Let <laughs> us have the flares. And so, speaking of someone in an Australian country where they do not allow us to have any fun, let us have flares. I'm going to say no. Nah, give me a flare. <laughs> Flares are fun. Lasers. Anything that's f- flammable and lets off smoke, fun. I'm I mean, not disagreeing with you. I mean, we're the country that basically promotes smoking cigarettes for the cost of your arm and a leg. Yeah. If you haven't seen Australian cigarette packages, look them up. They are incredible. And they also cost you an arm and a leg to even buy them these days. They do indeed. I will, but that's that's my little wrap-up on the flare chat. So I did get some info about it. Okay. There's a bit of consistency between the episodes. First time I've ever done that. Mercedes. A little bit on them and a little bit on AlphaTauri. Mercedes, Wolf's come out and gone, look, we genuinely think we're two to three tenths off per lap 
the pace of the big boys this year. I could have told you that. Not shocked. He said they're bringing some new upgrades in the next few weeks. However, you won't see them. They're all kind of invisible upgrades. So it's like changing aspects of the underbody, the floor, all the stuff that you don't see on camera. He's saying you won't notice the upgrades, but they're going to be, and I quote, very efficient. Two, three, ten, off. New upgrades are going to be invisible. Invisible. Very efficient is the quote from Wolf he used. So, I mean, classic Mercedes, right? That's what we've been saying for the last few weeks. They're coming, they're coming, they're coming, and they're getting there. Well, I think they're there already. Well, uh, yeah, they're, they're they're the most consistent team in the cl- in the sport. Hundred percent. They only had one DNF, and it was a a bullshit DNF. If I do say so myself. Oh, the George one. The George George was just trying to help someone. I get it. I get it. He look. He got hard done by because he was like, leave the car, and then the marshals didn't tell everybody. Like he got screwed a little bit. He did. But I also get when the race stewards were like, sorry, mate, it's literally already on the truck. We're done. I get I get that aspect. It was like, look, you got hard done by you were trying to do the right thing. But this might be a bit more of a controversial opinion. It doesn't normally come from me. I know you're trying to do the right thing, man, but you have a responsibility to every marshal on that track to be predictable. Mm. Yes, stopping, altruistic, good thing. We probably would have done it. But I also get the fact where the stewards were like, well, sorry, man. You can't expect the marshals to not actually do their job, which is to clear everything from the crash scene away. He probably shouldn't have run back to the pits. That's where I think it went wrong. And the reason he ran back to the pits was, was because to find out how to start, start the car. Yeah, they're very hard to turn on. There's not like a button you can just press. <laughs> it's not like he had a radio to the team. No, and that was off because the car was off at that point. So uh, like, I didn't think of that. Hard, hard done by. But I, I also get it. I don't begrudge the masters for just being like, pick all this shit up, get it on the truck, let's go home. Yeah. I get it. Alpha Tauri, though, they, the team principal, not the team principal, the technical director, Jody Eggington, British lad, lives in Fianza. He did a massive sit down with the Italian, an Italian motorsport column. So I put it in Google Translator, learned a few things. Translator, not always perfect. No. Kind of hard to comprehend. But secondly, awesome interview. He spoke about that in France, they're bringing their first major aero package upgrade. So we can expect to see something from Alpha Tauri. Hopefully we see something from Pierre. Yeah, really. Same. He estimates that this year they've left about 20 points on the table. That's about what Alonso's left on the table too. Yeah. Yeah, and it really is. And I'm like, okay, 20 points, not huge. You've lost a whole race weekend of potential. Huge in the context of a season. It's huge in the context of Alpha Tauri season. And the midfield packed season too. Exactly. But 20 points, it's not an unbreakable gap. He also went on to say that our youngest driver, referring to Yuki because he's like 11. Four foot nothing. And 11 11 years old, the poor kid. He went out and was like, yeah, look, Yuki's got talent, but he is struggling to manage all the responsibilities of an F1 car. Well, did you say they've got him a psychiatrist? Good. He's been working with a psychiatrist and they asked Max what would have happened if he had to? And he was just like, I wouldn't have listened to him. Yeah, but it also shows the very big difference between Max and most other young kids too. Yeah. Like, we are talking about someone who is a freak of nature. Like, hmm. you know what I mean? Because I think Pierre Albon, actually Albon was helping out someone as like a mind coach for a while last year. Wasn't it Yuki? Was it Yuki? It might have been Yuki actually. I feel like it was Yuki. Or Latifi. Wasn't Latifi. Well, if it was Latifi, clearly Albon doesn't have good advice. But 
I'm glad that he's got a psych, but he admitted, he's like, look, he's not managing every aspect of this job. It's a massive job what these guys have to do. He then went on to talk about, like the interview was asking brilliant questions, like how have the new regulation changes? Like what does that actually mean when you're designing vehicles and philosophy? And he, he wafted through a bunch of topics, but my main takeaways were that they've upgraded their wind tunnel from a 50% size to a 60% size. I didn't realize wind tunnels were scaled. Mm. So they're using models in the tunnels in a lot of these factories. He's like, it's been awesome, but you need to really like, he goes, nothing in this is easy. The second you upgrade the size, yes, you get more fidelity from the data you're gathering, but then you need to make sure, is that because it's actually reflecting on the model or is there simply more space that we're not viewing how this is affecting the car? And he's like, the hardest thing is tires and underbody because the car's not moving. You're just watching the airflow. He went on to talk about how the changes with the new regulations and also what you can mount on the car to testing. Certain things they were using last year, certain manifolds and flaps that they were throwing on the car to gather data, you can't use this year because they're so different. So it's like, even our data gathering processes have changed. Someone threw him the question about the cost cap. Best answer I've ever heard. He was like, yeah, look, we're one of the small teams. We weren't even spending that anyway. It has caused operational things. And they asked him then like, oh, operational challenges. Is that the reason you guys haven't been where you wanted to be this year? And he's like, honestly, yeah. Half the reason we haven't qualified well has been my fault and the team's fault. We've gotten things wrong in the setup. We've gotten things wrong in the pit box. We haven't been as good as we should be for our drivers. So the qualifying, my fault. We're operationally not hitting the mark for what our drivers are capable of. I thought that was incredibly humble. And an awesome thing to hear a technical director say. He's like, yeah, no, I'm taking credit for that. It's my job to set the car up. Haven't been nailing it as well as we should be. Is it also his job to stop Yuki crashing and ruining PS qualifying? <sighs> he did smooth over that. But I think that was his that was his like dog whistle with the he hasn't been managing all of it the best. He <laughs> takes Pierre out sometimes. Uh and then, you know. Discussion, because he's the technical director, they just nerded out over suspension stuff. Uh, and the big difference between AlphaTauri and the other teams is the push rod versus pull rod rear suspension. Mm-hmm. And they said when he rocked up to testing, he goes, it was fascinating. It was one of the most exciting days of our careers because we got to see things that we designed then abandoned on other teams. And that made us ask one question. Were we looking at it wrong? Because their rear suspension is the exception, not the rule. They're either using pull rods, everyone's using push, or they're using push and everyone's using pull. I don't know how that works, though, so I'm going to skip that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and yeah, that, that was the main part of the news is that AlphaTauri has bought some massive upgrades to the car, to the facility, to the factory. They're well aware where they're at. They've said, look, we're not the same as Mercedes this year. We don't have one thing that's holding us back. We've got about 10 things in five different areas. If we can fix all of them and all of them are fixable, we'll be back to fifth because that is their goal. Their to goal is to be Solid fifth in the Constructors' Championship. And I think that's right where they should be aiming. Another piece of news, Honda. Uh, the biggest, it's like the worst will they, won't they I've ever seen. It's like the ex you can't get rid of. 100%. They're, 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 the, they're the herpes of F1. F1. Because they blew up. Yep, we're leaving. We're doing electric vehicles. Screw you guys are out. And they've come out this last week and gone, look, we're open to coming back to F1. We never said we weren't going to come back. Why would you think we weren't coming back? Bro, this is the fourth time they've quit or something like that. <laughs> and it's like the second time they've quit when they've had a championship winning car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
Get stay. your shit together. Yeah, just stay in. Stay in. Stay, or in. Stay, stay in or go home. Don't fucking keep will they, won't they. And also, just stay in. It's awesome. You just won a world championship. Like, yeah. literally, you just won it. Stay. Please. And then the last last piece of news I think we need to talk about, and this is, I guess, the most important one that will affect the sport, is the discussion around stewardships, like the stewards of the yeah. race, and what we're going to do with it. You brought up something interesting where you were like, it needs to be a permanent situation. It does. Run me through it. So it seems like every weekend there's just new stewards, and obviously at the last race weekend, Seb blew up in the driver's meeting because every week they're, they're trying to clarify shit, but they're clarifying it with new stewards. They're not clarifying it with the stewards that made, made the rules the previous, uh, previous race. So why don't we just have four stewards? They're the same four stewards every race weekend. Actually, you know what? Five. Let's have an odd number. So we've got to have an odd number. We've got to have a tiebreaker. And basically my idea is, you know how they were talking about that VAR system that they wanted to bring in this year? And did they bring it in? Yeah, I think so. It's not doing anything. I, rem- I remember It's working about, about as it. well as the NRL bunker. Terribly. Yeah, it's fucking atrocious. <laughs> but what, I, what I'd do is I'd have all stewards in London or France or one of those big, 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 big area. Over there somewhere. Somewhere over there over in the main there. part of F1. And what they do is they're all sitting in the room. They're all... Got all the feeds. They've got all the feeds. They've got all the technical data that they need. And they impose the same penalties. And they're all across the rules. And there's no... Oh, but it's like only just a little bit over line. They just... They fucking enforce the rules the same way week in, week out. And they enforce the rules by reaching out to the race director. And it's like, this dickhead's got a five-second penalty. Disqualify Stroll. He's an idiot. <laughs> have that one preloaded in the yeah, system. Yeah, just have that. that have that good to go. That's ready uh, to go. It goes Crofty. Lights out and away we go. Stroll's Stroll's to be disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, like, it just needs to be something like that. And the race director, his job is to communicate the stewards' decisions to the teams. And control safety car and all and this contra- other shit. Yeah, obviously. But in relation to the, the regarding the rules, he just, what the stewards say... Stewards have said. Stewards X. have said this. This Therefore, is what's happening. Yep. And that way we don't have 43 track limit warnings and three penalties over a race weekend like they did in Austria. I mean, I agree. It is the obvious solution, right? Like Surely just, having... Just have the same fucking people week in, week out do it. I'll volunteer to do it. I, I would be fantastic at it. Um, The rules would <laughs> definitely be followed. <laughs> Uh, Lewis Hamilton would definitely not be disqualified for being a fucking idiot. I like Lewis, man. Ah, uh, no, he pissed me off after Silverstone. That's fair. But you should have thought about that before you got COVID. I should have. <laughs> nah, fuck you. I'm going to talk about no, it. No, you're not. So. Before you do. Oh. I want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk about something real quick. The track violations. Love to see it. I thought it was great. When people were like, should we change the track limits? No, nah, drive better. No, I, I agree. In the track world. limit should be the white line. Be- best drivers in the world. Drive better. Yeah, drive better. Sorry, you, you can't go that quick around that corner. Slow down a little bit, son. Loved it. Loved it. Loved listening to some of the drivers winch be like, but I actually went slower. Too bad, son. Yeah, well, Joe got pinged and Joe didn't actually break the rule. That was, that was the rough one. They did come out and be like, doesn't actually apply. Yeah. That, I mean, it, I felt bad for Joe because he got copped unnecessarily. Look, this is my vi- really, really veiled dig at Lando for the week. 
I'm sure I hear that incredibly well. I loved hearing him have a sook about it and then be like, too bad, five seconds. <laughs> I'm sure I did. When that popped up, oh, Jack's going to like that. Oh, Hallelujah, bro. But can we go back to Silverstone because I did miss that and talk about what Lewis said? You can, but then I'm going to say something after that. Fair enough. Because it's how you make a show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> He's trying to be mad. <laughs> no, I'm going to get mad over this. So I... Watched Silverstone a few days late due to the fact that I was sick. So I watched Silverstone was two, three days late. I was sick as a dog with COVID. However, I watched a fantastic battle between Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc. It was an incredible race. It was fantastic, Silverstone. I'm really devo. I caught the Rona and missed the episode because <laughs> this would have been a fantastic 20-minute rant. <laughs> However... <laughs> I watched it, I enjoyed it, and then I made the mistake of watching the post-race interviews. Now, Andy, we've been friends for a long time. I have a feeling I know what this is going to be about, but carry on, good sir. And I I do mean carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I I don't know why I did it. I just decided I was going to watch it. I was in fucking bed with COVID. Like, I had nothing else better to do. I could fucking barely fucking think straight. And Lewis said something along the lines... Talking about the battle with Charles, saying it was a fantastic race, a very respectful battle, unlike last year through cops, for example, where he attempted murder. I get you, man. I'm on your team. I do. I do. Because I read that and I was like... The nerve of Lewis to say that. The fucking nerve. It was... Any person who watched that fucking replay between him and Max clearly seen Lewis attempt to fucking kill Max. Look. Last year's one was, and I, I do agree, it was Lewis's fault. And also this year, he fucking made the A, he attempted to make the apex this year, and Charles turns in on him more than Max did. Max has less, like, Max has a wider berth on it last year, and he's like, nah, fuck you, enjoy that 53G crash, and I'm going to carry on like a fucking pork chop and win the race. Look, oh, I get a 10-second penalty. Big whoop, I'm in the best fucking car ever designed. Yeah, in the best race car that's ever been made. I get you. 100%. You know I get the you. The fucking I'm... nerve. <laughs> it pissed me off. Understandably. And this isn't going to make me agreeing with this, but you know how much I love grubby shit like that. I thought that was one of the best pot stirs that man could have ever pulled off by being like, wasn't that nice how it was supposed to be done? Knowing full well that he punted someone else the last year. He fucking attempted to kill his championship rival to get back <laughs> into the goddamn fight. Look, he sent that slant stroll shit. Like, oh, fucking hell it was. But no, I when I read that, I was like, yo, that's how you that's how you'd spice it up. This is a perfect British seasoning. No actual chili, just the whiff of it. Afterthought. I really wish Max was in the background and heard that and just walked up and punted him in the face <laughs> for that. I, I was just like, the nerve of Lewis to say that. You attempt to kill a man the year before and this year, oh, he's turned in, I'm going to make the apex and not kill him. Look, I get it, but also like, when it when it comes to stirring people up, well played. Wait, but well played. Obviously. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Because like, it was just, it was one of those comments where you're like, yo, he said that. That's incredible. So I... As much as, like, if I read that a week after last year's crash, spitting, I'd be foaming at the mouth. Because it's a year on and I've got a terrible memory and I don't remember anything ever. 
I'm okay with everything again. <laughs> I went and watched the replay side by side. Why am I not surprised? Because you it pissed me off that much. Absolute nutter. You're like the fucking Charlie Day with all these strings, and at the top it says murder, and you've just got photos of Lewis, Nick, and Stroll. <laughs> and you're just screaming. If you had hair, you'd have pulled it out by now. Maybe that's what happened. As <laughs> <laughs> a low blow. Yeah, but your team beat mine on the weekend, so I'm not happy with you either. Yeah, but that's because your team sucked dick. We're not good. That's beside the point. You fell for a man who faked an injury. I think he genuinely had cramps. I, I think probably, he probably did have genuine yeah, look, cramps. I don't think Manu's a cheater. I, I thought like it was Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari definitely cheating. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. There was some Ferrari news, wasn't there? I don't think it was anything super important. I think they were kind of talking about no, oh, the finger point. The finger Brilliant. Point. One of the best things I've ever seen. The best edit of the meme I've seen of that is Charles being like, this is the worst day of my life. And Matteo being this is the worst day of your, your life, life so far. So far. You got anything else for news or anything else? I And I am hesitant to say, do you have anything else you want to get off your chest? I really want to commend Fernando for making the pass on Yuki Sonoda, not Guan Yu Zhou. You both said Guan Yu Zhou last week and it was Yuki. Are you sure? I'm thousand, I know it was Yuki because the meme had... Yuki over Charles. And, and Yuki Fernando- replied to him on Instagram. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I replied to him on Twitter, you mean. And then, <laughs> but do you know what? I, I think the takeaway we should about my, my mistake last week is the positive is though that Williams did get mentioned. They did get mentioned. <laughs> I mean, my tweet for when Latifi went out was perfect. What'd you do? I got the, oh no, anyway. Oh yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> Let's look. Let's jump onto France. We've got a bunch to talk about for France. So you take us away with some track facts. Okay. So the circuit Paul Ricard first race was in 1971, and I sound really excited about this track. You do. You are bringing it's the, the best energy. track in the fucking world. Uh track length 5.842 kilometers with 15 turns. Although it just looks like one big fucking track of asphalt with blue lines on it. Uh, and red. 73 laps apparently. Didn't know that one. I thought it was like 50, but anyway. So it's shorter than I think. Must be. Uh, lap record is held by the greatest man who's ever lived, Sebastian Vettel, with a 132.7 in a Ferrari in 2019. Boom. They were cheating then too. <laughs> Actually, that was in the period. That was when they were that cheating That was genuinely too. where they were cheating. No, allegedly on this one. No, we know it's been proven. They weren't cheating. They were found to be in breach of the rules and regulations, but very specifically, not cheating, it was a mistake that they took sensors out of the car that legally had to be. I digress. Anyway, i got some trivia for you. Hit me. Are you asking me questions I have to guess? Because I'm not going to get any of them right. So I think, oh, I we think you do might that. get a few right. Let's go. I love this part of the show. It's my favorite. What driver has won more French Grand Prix than any other driver in the history of the French Grand Prix? Bonus points if you can get the number of wins as well. Okay, I want to say six wins. No. Damn it. More or less? More. More. Nine wins? No. Eight. Yes. Perfect. See, I'm going to get everything right because I'm just going to walk you into it. Eight you only wins. get one guess on the driver though. Is it a pre-2000 driver or post? Both. Both. Mick. Michael. Yeah. Yep, Michael. Yep, because if it was post 2000s, I would have said either Seb or Lewis. And if it was pre-2000s, I would have said Michael first, but I would have gone for like someone way back like Clark or, you know what I mean? I would have gone real historical and yep. gone for like a wild guess because back then it was like, 
Well, our car actually works, so we're going to win everything this year. <laughs> anyway, second question. Okay. Alain and Pross is one of three drivers that have won more than once at the circuit pool record. Name the other two. One more than once. One more than once. And you definitely know at least one of these guys. Oh, see, I'm torn because I want to say Seb, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Seb. No. Because it's Lewis then, isn't it? It's Lewis. That was my other guess. Yep, sweet. And then another one who's won two. Yes. Was and it you might it's a is this is a pre post nineties. Pre post nineties. Okay. Around that era. Around okay. late eighties, early nineties. All right. Um I'm gonna go for Brundle. No. No, Damon Hill. Give you one more. Ayrton. Wasn't Ayrton, was no, it? No, it was Nigel Mansell. Oh damn it! I'm I'm, clo- I'm in the area. You were in I'm the, in the area. area. Damn, Nigel Mansell. He looks fantastic too. Still holding up. Okay, that stash. That that stash, man. Damn. Oh, I just want to make. Okay, cool. One last question. The French manufacturer Renault won the very first French Grand Prix in 1906. It then took them how many years to win their next one? 1906. 1906 was the first French Grand right. Prix, and Renault won it. When did they win their their next one? As a, uh, give as me the team year or, or engine how many? supplier. Uh it doesn't say. Sheed. All right. Oh, uh, it says manufacturer, so potentially as an engine supplier. As in, so I want to say Lotus with Kimi. Those years. No. Damn it. Okay, so my guess was a hundred years. <laughs> well, you're close-ish. Ish. I knew it'd be, I knew it'd be a massive one, man. Because it is a massive like, one. Like when that. was it? It was in 1979, 73 years after the first win. Damn. And they won a total of six French Grand Prix. Their most recent one was in 2005. Who was the driver? 05. Has a French person ever run the French Grand Prix? Yes. Alain yeah, Prost. Yeah, duh. I've mentioned that. Yeah. Um, okay, 2005. What was the question again? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the last person to win a, in a Renault? In a Renault. At the French Grand Prix. I'll just make sure I got the right one. Fernando. You are correct. I got one. You got one. I got one. It was either going to be... Because Lotus was Renault, wasn't it? Lotus was, but in 05, yep. there's was only one Renault team. Yeah, and it was a Renault Works team. It was a horrific blue and yellow one, and it was Speed Dealers Alonso, and he was just like... So good. So good. Still the best sounding cars ever made. Yeah. Ever made. Oh, without a doubt. Bring them back, please. Please. Give please. me my V12. Bring them V10. back. Yes. V plus eight can be anything in that configuration. Yeah. Anything with that. Or, or have an electric motor and make it sound like that. Yeah. And blown diffusers on the front and back of the car, please. <laughs> <laughs> you make that thing sound like a bomb going off. I know... When we started doing this show, and a lot of our info early on was based off last year, none of us were keen on Paul Ricard. It is and has been one of the least interesting Grand Prix we've had in the it's turbo a, hybrid It's era. been a snooze fest since it came back. It has. But with how good these cars have made most weekends, I we might see, and I genuinely think we might see, a bit of a softening towards the French Grand Prix in terms of race enjoyment. These cars are special. They are pretty good. And I mean, like, it's what's the elevation? 20 uh-huh. centimeters max? Like, it's flat. Mm. And it is. It's just a big old square of asphalt with a track drawn in it for all intent and purpose. Yeah. 
it might actually be good because Barcelona was pretty good. And you know, the issues helped Barcelona as well. Yeah. But we might see a better Grand Prix. Or it's going to be a snooze fest and we should get rid of it and get Spa back. Yeah. Because apparently that's gone now. Which is fucking absolute horse shit. Yeah, Spa's only had one bad race, and that was last year. And if you're basing it off that, don't, because Spa's fantastic. One of the best tracks, and just the history. Everyone who goes there loves it. I, I loves don't, it. I, don't, I can't think of a driver that says, man, I don't want to go to Spa. And also, it's good to have one or two really, really long tracks, because it changes things. That track's huge. And it's also really good to not have fucking straight circuits. That, too. How much better has the racing been since they got away from straight circus this year? It's what everyone's been saying. I don't think you can look anywhere who someone's like, no, guys, I genuinely think Miami was better than the last two. No, you don't. No. You're wrong. And not only are you wrong, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but even still, like the best straight race this year has been probably Monaco. Which is crazy exci- saying yeah. that. It's it, a weird it's the most, ex- most exciting one was Monaco, and it was purely because of the rain. Yeah, and it was also like, and for me, watching the whole build-up, I was like, you know, I kind of like Monaco now. Me too. Who's going to be strong? Who's going to be weak this weekend? Alpha's going to be, Alpha Romeo is going to be weak still. It's a high-speed circuit. Yep. They still, they, they're getting better, but they're still not there with their high-speed stability. And you're right. That's what they've been saying. Yeah. And yeah, it's got a very similar vibe to Britain and Austria with those yep. corners, how they and work. Just think about who was weak at Britain and Austria. Yeah, the Alfa Romeos weren't great. Yep. Williams weren't great. No. Except for fucking Latifi at Silverstone just pulling a rabbit out of his ass and getting into Q3, which was... And then getting a start of the champions causing... His start was insane. That's the best thing he's ever done in a car, I reckon. Oh, mate. And then just the, the world of shit that came up behind him after that start. It's one of those things when you look in your rear, rear view mirror and you're like, yo, that was me. Point two of a second ago. Yeah. Because it was. It like, really was. Point two of a second different, Latifi would have been right there in the middle. He would have been making that crash worse. Yep. Yep. So, and like, yeah, his Q3 was exciting, but I think we said in the show last week, it's more contextual than anything else. Like, yeah, he's, he just got lucky. Yeah. Williams, again, probably still near the bottom-ish. That's yeah. not going to change a huge amount this year. If anything, they'll pip a couple of teams towards the end of the year. They'll they'll get a few better results. But Beach I think Tits will be in last, hopefully. Stroll, yeah. They're speaking of Stroll, do you know his name isn't actually Lance Stroll? His his real name is Lance Strollovich. So we should just call him Vich Tits. <laughs> you have a pass for I'm happy to give you a pass for this episode. But it's no, I did not know that. So I seen something online. We'll call him the Vich. <laughs> the, the is good too. But you know, I was watching someone who is known to give Lance Stroll crazy amount of Is abuse. that that crazy dude sitting in his basement <laughs> screaming at F1? Rocket powered mohawk on YouTube and Instagram. Your online boyfriend who you just. Oh, this guy is fantastic. Him. I love everything that comes out of his mouth. He apologized to Nicholas Latifi in his uh, Great Britain episode. Fair. It was just like, I owe him an apology because I've called him a bunch of names because he believes in constructive criticism. <laughs> I but do, you know, he does he, make me giggle a fair bit, actually, to be honest. Yeah, but he was doing his research. Turns out Lance Stroll's name is Lance Strolovich. And I was just like, not every only is he a year, shit driver. Every year in world history, 
completely fine. This year, rolling around with that name, not looking too crash hot, son. Oh, I know, right? And also... Where's that money come from? <laughs> That's what I was like. Where's that money Not come only from? is he a shit dry, he's a lying bastard. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> but to be fair, going from Strolovich to Stroll isn't a, a massive improvement. It's not a... Oh, I'm just... Vitch. Look, Vitch. you can polish your turd as much as you like, man. Shit still sinks. Yeah, I know, right? So, look... I don't think there's going to be a massive shake-up. I am keen after reading this AlphaTauri interview to see if these upgrades will have any any effect that's noteworthy. I hope so for one car. Oh, sp- fuck. Speaking of French drivers, because obviously I was talking about Pierre there when I hope it does well, Ocon's got a stadium na- uh, grandstand grand named after him for this race. You go from Canada where you give fucking the Vich a fucking stand and now you're going to give another shit driver a stand i mean why can't it be the pierre gasly stand right pierre right? is such a better driver or and a nicer person <laughs> <laughs> to be fair he likes everything he does like everything Ocon's never done anything bad as a person that i'm aware of right he didn't stand up to max that's a good thing in my book because max just stomped him no max would have stomped him even more if he tried to back- stand up to him yeah look it is a good point I think it's a bit rough when they've had remarkably similar career results overall. Win each, couple of podiums. That's it, right? I think Pierre's had more podiums. Right. So, like, that's my only take on this is, like, look, it's cool if Ocon has one. But give Pierre But give Pierre one. What are you doing? Pierre's so much more. Everyone would love it. They, there'd be likes all over that stand. Make it the size of a giant thumb. Get everyone sitting there. Be great. He'd love it. He would. He'd like you it. You know what? He wouldn't. Damn it, Andy. <laughs> Thanks, man. I was thinking that was going to be a good punchline in about four seconds. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, if you're doing one, do the other one. Yeah. Well, if we're doing that this year, give someone a name at their home race. It, it only seems fair to give Pierre and Nock on one, if that's the way we're going. Yeah. And, I mean, where would Charles get his grandstand in Monaco? Probably like, oh, that's the Charles Leclerc Hotel. <laughs> It wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't shock me. Or you do one at Imola or somewhere. Why? He's monogast. I know he's monogast, but also like being the Ferrari poster boy, being like the Tafosi dude, like that oh, would be that. the give best. The char- give, Carl- give Carlos the poster boy thing. Also, he's a better driver. They seat hundreds of thousands of people. There is enough grandstands that everybody can have a name as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. also, don't care. I can barely learn what the corners are called. I don't give a shit about the grandstands. <laughs> and they're covered in smoke anyway. No one can see. I mean, that's a good point. Wait, does France allow flares? They didn't explicitly say no. Okay, so we're going to have orange smoke all over this track. Probably. Mad. Get the Dutch fans there. Love the orange army. Love it. Hey, is that for Lando? Hated that. <laughs> Hated that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the the top is going to be the top. The, the X factor in this weekend is... Mercedes. Mercedes. What what they're going to bring to the table. We already know that they are going to be fourth and fifth. Standard, right? That's where they're going. Like, you can bang them there safely. I'd bang third and fourth now. That's that's the X factor bit that I think is going to be interesting is with what they're bringing, with what they've bought, and how good they are at getting that car sorted and these tracks that they're now on, which are clearly suiting them well, are they going to make that jump to be annoying the big teams? Are they at that point where they're going to make the jump to be competing with the two big boys? I, I think it'll be more 
They will Lewis will be annoying Charles and Sergio. Yep. And George will be there ready to pick up the scraps when yep. uh, Carlos's engine blows off again. So reckon that they have the, the chops to be like, look, we can snag second. They potentially could, yeah. Yep. It, it'll, let's put it this way. Charles and Max are in a league of their own. Yep. Same as last cars. year with Lewis and Max. Yeah, so let's put them maybe couple One and seconds. two, two or one. One or two, two or one. They'll be five seconds ahead of third, fourth, fifth. Yep. And then you'll have Lewis, Sergio, and Carlos fighting for those three places with George. Still there, but maybe like a second behind them. Yep. Just not ready. damaging his tires, essentially. Basically, they're ready to pick up the scraps. Yep. And Lewis is, I don't want to say the king of tires, but he can. He's good, man. He knows what he's doing. Credit, look. You can dislike him, but give I them credit. I don't dislike Lewis. I dislike Lewis the driver, Lewis Hamilton the human. We need more people like him. I meant, I meant driver. I know we rate him as a human, but you know what I mean? Like, credit credit to do that man can do wonders with tires. Same with Albon. Yeah. They're he, freaks. He can, have a, he can have three tires and win a race. <laughs> yeah, he's proven that too. He fucking can. I know, right? Mental. So, yeah, look, I agree with you. I think Mercedes is there or thereabouts right now. And I and don't it, think they're going backwards anytime soon. No. Um, sadly. So for those people who really dislike Mercedes, live it up. You've seen them at their absolute worst. And it was like, and you're not going to see him again. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, the the worst was like eighth and 11th. I think was the absolute worst they did. Mm. Uh, I don't know, like climate reliability wise, flip a coin, either a Ferrari will blow up or a Red Bull will. I think at this point, like, I mean, Char- Carlos's one was spectacular at Austria. Oh, boy. Big one. That was Big bar- one. Barbecue Ferrari for dinner. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. He got out of the car nice and quick, which is pretty good. It did roll back a bit. That was nerve-wracking. Yeah, that was fu- that reminded me of the Italian marshals, to be honest. They did not know what oh, they we get them soon, too. I'm so excited. Oh, mate. I can't wait. If he's going to blow up, he has to blow up in front of them near the pit lane so that they push him to the pit lane. When we're racing in Italy, which is hard to do, don't watch the race. Watch what happens around the track because the Italian marshals are on another level of what they do, they which is not much. <laughs> not much. But here's the thing. They are the biggest motorsports fans there. Like They love it so much. They're like, look, we ain't saving nobody. We're watching this. Mm. I'm watching the race. Leave me alone. Yep. Oh, there's a car on the gravel trap and you bring the safety car out, I guess I can go get retrieved. If I have to. If I have to. I was, in the, middle of, I was in the middle of my wine and spaghetti dinner. <laughs> uh, mid-pack, look, this is going to sound like a stupid comment. It's anyone's guess. It's an, it, it is anyone's it guess. It really is. Renault, oh, Alpine will be looking for a strong weekend, though. It is their home race. It is. And, and look, it is the home race of one of their two drivers. It is. And that Alpine is really good this year. Yeah, they they made leaps and bounds yep. this year with it. It's it's the best car they've rolled out since they've come back into the sport, hands down. Mm-hmm. The engine's pretty spectacular. Like Danny's kicking himself because he left. I mean, but it begs the question, if he never left, would they have got, you know, that whole bullshit? Oh, no. Well, let's think of it like this. If he hadn't left, it would have been Fernando and Danny. Don't say things to me like that because you know how much I want it. I know. <laughs> you know how much I want. I that. want it too, because it'd be sweet. It'd be like it'd be like the dad's team. It'd be a good team. It'd be a good dad's team. I do think that Alpine will probably be the strongest. They're they're going to be the ones who are coming fourth as a team this weekend. I yeah. still think they've got fourth position. That's where their strength is at the moment. And when I say fourth position, not like fourth on the grid, but like fourth overall. That's yeah. They're there. Honestly, 
I know it's going to sound ridiculous to say this. I hope Alpha Tauri does better than McLaren because I think Alpha Tauri needs a bit of a win. By um, that, do you mean Alpha Tauri or do you mean Pierre Gasly? I mean, Pierre and Danny doing well. Okay, sweet. So you want Yuki and Lando to crash into each other? Look. Sorta, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. No, I don't want anyone to get hurt because no one. No, like, we're not when gonna. We say we want them to crash. We don't want anyone to get hurt. But like, if you had to, if you pointed a gun at my head, at my head, and you said, "All right, who doesn't finish? Lando, Mick, Mick, right, right." If they said we're pointing gun at your head, two of these people can't finish the race. Who are you picking? Lando, Mick, or Yuki? I'd pick Lando twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I'd pick. I'd be like, screw that. Those two kids are all right. Him. I want the scooter to break down on the way to the garage as well. I want him to walk. That's mean. No, it's not. All right. <laughs> all right. Gun to your head. Yep. Three of the four people can't finish. You Lando. Choose them. No, let me get give you the four names okay. first. Lando will be one of them. All right. Lance Stroll, Nicholas Latifi, and who else don't we like? Ocon. Ocon, there. Lando, done. I'll tell you, Lando. (laughs) You're going to pick three of them in a carnival. Oh, three that can't finish. Three can't finish. Oh, easy. Lando? Can't be Lando again. It wasn't going to be Lando again. I'd say Latifi and Stroll. So you'll let Ocon finish. Yeah. Because I dislike him the least. I'd let Latifi finish and have Ocon crash out on the last lap in the lead. Because that, would, that would break him even more. I'm the mean one. I think it'd be great. It'd be great TV. Yeah, it'd look, be, it'd hey, be I'm not great. saying it's bad telly. That's fantastic telly. It'd be like when Lando broke down on the last lap of Spa. It's broken! One of the best radio matches of all time. Broken. I felt Biken. bad for him. He deserved his points there. Do you know what I felt? Nothing. <laughs> That's what I felt. And you say, oh, I'm the mean one. Nothing. Nothing. I shot a kid at laser tag the other day. Do you know what I felt? Recoil. That's it. Fuck him. <laughs> Actually, don't. <laughs> you don't. It's fucking laser tag. Nah, man. I'm like into it. <laughs> <laughs> so we spoke about a good chunk of the teams. Aston Martin, though. There's nothing to say. There's it's nothing. Just, there is. There's, there's a waste of time at this point. Seb, I love you. Please marry me. <laughs> the rest of the team can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Although, if they do start performing well, at least Seb will stay next year to reap the benefits of his hard work. Are there rumours that he's leaving or thinking of leaving? Or is it just people are concerned? He said that he's going to make the decision in the next few weeks, depending on the performance of the car and what's coming. I think he's lying. Because I genuinely think he's like, look, man, I'll drive any piece of shit you give me. But if I have to have one more meeting that should have been an email, I'm out. He's going to kill me. I ain't done. I'm talking. I'm not talking no more. I'm going home. Because, like... He'll drive anything. He drove a Ferrari that was a piece of crap for four years. <laughs> so, but no, look, I hope Seb stays. I hope he does. It's one of the best heel flips in the history of sport ever. My dad still foams at the mouth when he talks about Seb. Hates I know, him. you say it every week. Hates him. I think he's great. When well, dad listens to Joe, he's always like, you were talking about Seb. I don't like him very well. I was like, I know, dad. I get it. But, um... He's like, why don't you like Lando? He seems like a good young kid. And I'm like, no, don't talk to me about it. <laughs> um, and I'm never going to admit I'm wrong. I know you're not. Because I'm not wrong. 
<laughs> oh, I think Lando's all right. What was the Pit Stop Boys song? It's Lando, Lando. Was it Let's Lando Go Lando or Last Lap Lando? It's Let's Go Lando. Let's Go Lando. I've never Let's listened to Lando. it. Lando is okay. I don't know the rest of the fucking words to say. You know you're a top bloke when the best thing they can say about you is you're okay. There you go. They if you want ra- evidence, there you go. No, they Super say Max? race is like a lion. Yeah, and Ocon fucking defends like a lion. Unless it's Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> There's my point, right? There's my. He races like a lion. Yeah. Fernando told Ocon to defend like a lion, and he pulled over to the side of the road and let everyone pass. So there's your lion. You take your fucking British lion and shove it up your ass, Andy. <laughs> I just like Lando. I think he's all right. Him and Danny seem to get along well. If Danny likes him, I like him. Danny's too nice sometimes. Hey, you probably like Mazepin, to be honest. You know what? Yeah, because he'd be like, this dude's fucking crazy like me. He'd <laughs> be like, this guy's all right. Went to his farm. We shot rocket launchers. It was sick. You're like, yeah. And he looked at where the rocket launchers were aimed and yeah. it was suspiciously at Ukraine. Yeah, he's like, fucking hell. That looks like, how much blue and yellow you guys got in your flag? <laughs> Boosh, that's gone. <laughs> that's got to go. That is gone. <laughs> that's gone. That's a good one, but That was good. Um, Honestly, I think it's going to be a good race. And I'm excited for a good race. We've had a good run the last few weeks. Is this the last one before mid-season break, or no, is there another got one? One, one more. more, one more. So I hope I hope France is good. I think it's Budapest and Hungary after. next. And yeah. like, if they're both good, then I think I want the main reason I want France to be good is because of our our want for more circuits. Yeah. And if every circuit that we race at this year is fantastic, fans are like, this is what we want. Hopefully, and fingers crossed, we know it's not going to happen because guess what? The and don't pay talk. the bills. <laughs> it really doesn't. When you're um, getting ten million dollars from Saudi Arabia to come race in a war zone, yep. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that's the money. I just throw a number out there. But we are. We it's a sport where we talk billions, not millions. True. Like it is. There's so much money in this sport. I hope France is good. I don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, probably a red flag. It's a circuit. Where? Somewhere in France, I reckon. That's actually where. I <laughs> That's the shittest let's, joke let, I've ever told. Let's red flag the race and just race at Magnicore. Yeah, like, we're going to stop it. Right, we're going to move to Magnicore. We just found out that Le Mans is four kilometers that way. So load this bad boy up, get in the trucks. We're going. What is your obsession with going to Le Mans instead of Magnicore out of curiosity? Because I don't remember what Magnicore looks like. And I re- sort of remember what Le Mans looks like because there's not much going on. But are on. we doing the Le Mans, Le Mans circuit or are we doing the, the short one? Because I don't think the short one classifies as a grade one. Bold of you to assume, Andy, I've just learned there's two different types of Le Mans. Yeah, there's the... Why isn't it called Le Dos, then? Because <laughs> there's the 24-hour there's the circle, which is... The massive one. It's the big... Yeah, yeah, one. the one that F1 cars definitely should not be allowed on. No, because they'll the fly. Big, there's the Bugatti circuit. Yeah, I'd say the Bugatti one. Because I, I have to. <laughs> Kyle Army's back. Yeah, that's basically all but been confirmed. That'll be... I told you. Yeah, you were right about that. I told you that it was coming back. And you guys were like, no, it's not a grade one track. I was like, so it's still coming back. Look, it's one of those situations where I think we can all agree we were both right, but you were slightly more right. I was definitely <laughs> just, right. Just a little bit more right. Shall we move on to some predictions, my good sir? All right, let's do it. I'm going to go first this week. Good. 
Dave, Classic Dave hasn't sent it in. So we are going to pick the aggregate of the top couple of drivers, and by that I mean he gets Stroll five times this week. <laughs> That's what he actually gets. No, we're just going to give... It, they haven't put it in. They get one to five in the championship, but they don't get any of the, like, the, the bonuses. bonuses. Yep. So they can get a maximum of five points. Yep. So that's what David gets. Reese hasn't put any in, and he's normally very organized. So Reese also, unfortunately, gets the, the top five. Top five, no extras. So this is where you could really fuck him. Which is exactly why I'm going to Google the top five and not pick that exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even if you do, you get more points because you're putting them in. Okay, I'm still going to Google it, and then I will quickly go. Because you've thrown a spanner at me now with that latest announcement. Because, yeah, in regards to what happened with the Austria ones, because I was so sick and unable to do anything with it, I'm just going to null and void it. Yeah, go for it, man. I'm null and voiding it. They That's a buy round. So, Reese and Dave then, by the new rule set, have picked Max Verzappen, Charles Leclerc, Checo, Carlos, and George. Yep, that order. In that order, and they can only get a maximum of five, five points. All right. French Grand Prix. First place. Max? I mean, as if you wouldn't. Yep. Second place, Charles. Third place, Lewis. Okay. Fourth place, Carlos. Did I say Carlos or Checo earlier? You said Charles. You went Max Charles Lewis. Max Charles Lewis, yep, sweet. And then you've said Carlos. Carlos, Checo. Okay. I don't know why, you, but that's what I think is going to happen. You've left out a very consistent man there. George, yeah, I know. Mr. Mr. Consistency. So I'm going to go. Yeah, but I hope he decides to be a good bloke this weekend and get himself disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> He's not getting the Lance Stroll treatment. Um, So I'm going to go Lance Stroll to win. I wanted to see your reaction. You've you already were, said it. Nah, you were like mid-vape. No, nah. mid-vape, man. I was hoping you said something. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd be like, what? <laughs> nah, Max to win. Stop saying fucking Stroll's a wizard in the wet. He did one good thing in a wet race. That's it. Shut up about it now. These yeah. people have been like, he's a wet weather master. No, and then what not. happened in fucking Canada? Nothing. Thank you. He fucking, he's useless. So you've gone Lance Stroll. So I've gone Max Verstappen. Yep. Then I've gone Lewis Hamilton. I like it. I like it. Then Charles. Yep. I think Charles and Max come together and Charles comes off worse for wear. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I like where you're thinking, man. George in fourth. Yep. And in fifth place, Carlos just had his engine blow up, so I don't trust Charles. To, where did Checo come last week? He came like... No, he actually, you know what? Checo just DNF because of the fucking injury. The car blew up. Yep. Or had his thing. So, both are coming off DNF, so let's go with Checo. I'm, I'm more of a Red Bull fan than a Ferrari fan. And Carlos seems to be more car limited than anything else. Like, he's a good driver. His yeah, car his keeps car, breaking. His car keeps getting but caught on fire. Checo just seems, like, so consistent in everything he does. Even his, like... You see Carlos hopping out of the car, man. Sometimes he looks heaps defeated. You watch Checo hop out of a DNF car, Iceman. You watch him hop out of a winning car, happy Iceman. You know what I mean? Like, he just seems to be in such an unshakable mental position at the moment yep. that any time is like, Carlos, 
or Checo. I'm, I'm just going to lean with Checo. And I don't want that to be a dig at Carlos because we spoke about on an episode recently, people saying like his mental health doesn't seem to be there. No, I think that's fine. I just think Checo's in such a strong mindset at the moment that he's unbreakable. Like he's just, he's a safer bet in my book. And I'm a bigger Red yeah. Bull fan than I am Tafosi. And more so as well, just Carlos's luck hasn't really been there this year. And the and only time it was was when he was like, no, don't ask me to do this. I'm not listening to your stupid idea. Yeah, well, that's Silverstone. And that's the thing, too. Like, when we say that luck is a skill, it's it a is. skill that you have to develop. And, like, that's how you do it. Like, and I know it sounds ridiculous. Like, I'm speaking some weird hippie stuff where it's like, that's how you bring about luck. But, my man, that's exactly how you do it. That's how you get that confidence back. You'd be like, no, why are you making me do this? You know that I'm the one who can, who has the right and the ability to do this. I'm not going to back up. And you know what? You know what else Carlos proved at Silverstone doing that? He proved that the best way to win in a Ferrari is to not listen to Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just don't don't listen to him. I tell you what, it's got to be a hard position to be in to be a professional athlete knowing the reason so like Charles at Monaco, for example, knowing the whole reason it didn't work is your bosses made a mistake. Yep. And you have to sit down with them, be lectured on your attitude about their mis- like it's it can't be an easy position to be in. Well, I mean, just look at Charles at Silverstone. Yeah, but he had to get pulled aside because Mateo's like, "Now, don't you fucking say anything. You sit there, you smile, and you don't be a dickhead." And also, that's what a team principal is supposed to do. Yep. Yes, it's nice when they all get along, but I will take a. It's why I have so much respect for Toto, where he just goes, "This is my decision." And they seem to respect it. Valtteri did. Yeah. Valtteri, he might not have agreed with it, but he respected the decision. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it just... George is not probably not going to do that eventually. That's the next big challenge for Mercedes. Once they get this car under wraps... It's when does George when, start to find them? When, yeah, do George and Lewis and the decisions that Mercedes has the, the most track record of making in the, re- in the recent years, how do they broach that subject effectively now if there's a team that can come through it fine it's probably not mercedes because we saw what happened last time they had two brilliant drivers one of them left the sport and and has never gotten over it he still brings up to this day why him and lewis fell out yep and like i love nico i love lewis but man like they did not handle that well in so many ways and it it made for the one of the best seasons ever it's the same as Red Bull, too. Red Bull had to learn their lesson with Mark and Seb. Mark and Seb. And multi-21. Like, Nick, I, I have a genuine question. Yep. Can you explain to me, like on five, what is the multi-21 shenanigans? Because I hear it reference. I don't actually know exactly. So we have to go back to 2012, the 2012 Malaysian Grand Prix here. In that, in that race, Mark Webber is absolutely... Flying, he is dominating. He's led pretty much every lap. He he's looking like he's going to win. Coming up behind him is his world championship caliber teammate Sebastian Vettel, who is also fighting for his third world championship. I was going to say Seb had already got two under the belt at that point. Yes, yeah, this was he was going for his third this year, and yeah, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. That's yep. all. Yep, yep. So when he He's coming up on Mark, and Red Bull go over the radio. Sebastian, you need to hold position. The order is multi-21. That is the order. 
Sebastian ignores it. Okay. Sebastian continues to creep up onto Mark. Mark, at this point, I don't know if he's got an issue or something, but he's he's not as quick as Seb. Yep. And they're telling Seb, Seb, hold position, hold position, like, multi-21. Hey, you don't just, need just, to do you this. You don't need to do this. Just fucking hold position. Seb passes Mark. Yep. Goes on to win the race. Okay. Carries on like fucking Lewis Hamilton at Silverstone last year. Probably not to that extent, but he carries on like a fucking pork chop. Yep. Mark Webber is pissed. Justifiably so, I'd say. He's been told he's gonna that Seb's going to hold the position. Seb doesn't hold the position, takes the pass, wins the race. Mark's out. I think Mark's out of the championship now from from this little incident. Or if it's not, it's the one of the final nails in the coffin yeah. for the season. Anyway, they get to the cool-down room and... All, you can just see it in Mark's face. He's fuck. He wants to punch on. Yeah. He wants to punch on with this guy. And he looks at him. He's like, dude, the order came over multi-21. What the fuck? Like, he's just, he's fuming. Seb just fucking. I was faster. I was faster. Ha, ha, ha. Goes, celebrates his win. Team does not look happy. Mark looks pissed. Mark doesn't stay in the sport much longer after this. No, he only does an extra year, doesn't he? Year or two. I think he only does one more year and then Danny Rick takes his spot. Yeah. And then Danny Rick does what every Australian loved to see and dominated Sebastian Vettel. Smacked him around for the year. And then Seb pissed off to Ferrari. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good career move. Because there was also... Because that, that's one of the big famous team order situations. There's also... Didn't... There's another one who had a catchphrase. Wasn't there something to do with the Ferrari somewhere that one of them caused a crash? to, like, help secure a championship, and it involved Alonso. You know that photo of Alonso, how he's just standing there with his helmet on, staring dead forward? Yeah. Something controversial happened in that race with someone, like, crashing on purpose to bring out a safety car to prevent him from winning that year. No, I believe what that was, actually, was in 2009 or He was in Ferrari colours? No, he's in Renault. Oh, really? He's at Renault, and what happens is, is... Seb's in a position where if a safety car comes out, he'll be on a better strategy and more than likely will win the race. Securing the championship too because it was... No. No? no Just no, no, winning no. the race. Just winning the race. He, he was nowhere near the position to win, if it's what I'm thinking. And Flavio Briatore, who was the team principal of Renault at Ferrari, the time... mad lunatic. <laughs> but he was also... He was the team principal at Renault. Makes... Like, I don't know if it was a predetermined thing or if something. Basically, uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. crashes on purpose. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, he crashes on purpose, which allows basically allows Fernando to win this race due to he brings out a safety car because it's a bad crash. And anyway, I think it was a year or two later he comes out and he's like, I was told to do that. And it caused Flavio Briatore to cop a lifetime ban from Formula 1 which has since been rescinded. Yes, because he hangs around now. Yeah, he's around now, but he's not actively a part of it. Yeah, because I think that's really... Because also, like, radio's not super... Like, a relatively new thing, and especially the good quality ones they're using now. Yes. Back in the day, the driver's just like, all right, we'll see you when you pit, bro. Yeah. Um, And they just had to read boards. <laughs> like, which, at 300 fucking kilometers an hour, that's fucking difficult to read. It's, impre- it's Like, that's the impressive skill, too. It's like, so what do you do when you go 300 kilometers an hour? It's like, well, I personally shit myself... They read books. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, read a board that has all the information they need on and it. And, like, I think that was really the start of the whole, like, 
our team orders okay or allowed? Because that was the worst case. That was the. It was one of the worst. I say it cost. I think there was fines and all this sort of shit. There's actually a video from the race that actually just describes it really well. Yeah, it shook up the sport hugely because it was like, well, one, we never thought this would actually happen because it's a massive thing to do. Like, it's crazy to think a team would ask a driver that. It's even crazy for another driver to go, okay, boss. Like, And then put himself in a dangerous position because if you look at the cray, he fucking totaled that car. Yeah, and like, you've got to make it look good. He fucking did. That's pre-Halo? Yeah, pre-Halo. Pre a bunch of safety features. They would have had the Hans device. They, they would have had that because that was early 2000s. The indestructible monocoque uh, survival cell was there. It was on. Um, oh, that's my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, indestructible mini cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Should we wrap up, mate? I think that's the, I think that's a nice way to end the episode this week. Yeah, we're little... just talking about an, uh, a severe crash that happened that was done on purpose. Yeah, but in reference to Team Mortar. So it, yeah. it feels ethically better. So I think that's the end of our show this week. Unless you have anything else you'd like to add, Andy, or are you happy? Uh, the only thing I'd add is if I was actually racing in the French Grand Prix and I was in the lead, I'd probably crash out on purpose so I didn't have to hold that embarrassing trophy. I don't even know what the trophy is. It's a big monkey. <laughs> it's a monkey holding the tire. Right. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we'll see you next week. <laughs> okay, Clarkson. <laughs> no, but seriously, please reach out to us on social media. We're at Formula Bums everywhere. Twitter, we're at Bums Formula. Yes. Don't know if we'll be live tweeting this week. If one I of will. us, yep, if we're awake, we'll be doing it. Andy's probably awake. And thank you very much, guys. We're still, honestly, didn't think we would make it this far into a season. Yeah, I thought we would have given up. I thought it would be a, a four-episode thing. Be we get to about Australia and be like, let's do Australian call it quits. But it wouldn't be possible without us once every now and then opening up our website, checking and seeing that there are people out there who are actually enjoying what we make. So thank you to those people out there who are listening. Show us to someone you get along with that you know will enjoy us and reach out to us. The more we hear from people who listen to this, the more it makes it real for us. Because behind the curtains... Andy and I just sit in a room and scream at each other for a couple of hours a week. It's fun. It's heaps of fun, but I guess the best bit is like when we get a little bit of feedback, it just it makes it seem so much realer and it's so nice to connect with people who love the sport. Because the reason we started the show is we only know four people who like the sport. <laughs> yeah. Realistically. <laughs> so we want to talk to people about it. Thank you, guys, and we will see you for our review on Monday. Stay up. Did you see what happened in the Drew League over in America the weekend? What's the Drew League? It's like a LA basketball comp, but DeMar DeRozan and LeBron James played in it and dominated. As they should. <laughs> like, As fuck, they should. There's a fucking video. Like of Putin scoring 15 goals in hockey. That's bullshit. LeBron stomping a bunch of school kids. Yeah, duh, obviously. <laughs> but there's a there's fucking vision out there where they're, they're taking like a throw in from the sideline. And he's just, LeBron is just charging the rim and he's thrown it, caught it, it's just fucking slammed it down. And this crowd of like 300 people is losing their fucking mind. Incredible. Oh, mate, it looks sick. I was just like, man, damn, that'd be sick. But yeah, talking about Jordan just reminded me of that. Yeah, I don't like that. All right, let me wrap this up and then we can yeah. wrap this bad boy up.